When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code SPOTIFY to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code SPOTIFY at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code SPOTIFY. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Not on the schedule. He is Rod. I am Cameron. And Michigan State goes into Lincoln and wins 84 to 77 off of a career night by Aaron Henry. 27 points, four rebounds and assists, a block, a steal, uh, 10 for 16 from the line. Um, Rod, but uh, this one was pretty close. Uh, Michigan State seemed to have a good handle on this throughout the game, but uh, never could quite put them away so to speak what were your thoughts about it well they had they came out of the out of halftime playing very well and got the lead up to 17 and it felt like all right this is where they put it away did not happen Mm -hmm. um and it didn't happen mostly because of defense yeah um i'm glad they got a win and there were uh, a handful of things that you can point to and say they did a little better. Um, defense, for the most part, not one of them. I felt okay about it at halftime, actually, mm-hmm. because I thought absent just a completely mystifying inability to stop the ball with Trey McGowan's in transition. I mean, Trey McGowan's, I think, scored three baskets where he went one on three or one on four. Uh, that's just that should never ever happen if a guy does that he's playing into your hands all you have to do is get in front of him and they didn't do that but absent that i thought in the half court they were pretty good in the first half but i think we saw in the second half there was a little bit of fool's gold with that god i hate that term but it, it applies here uh because teddy allen was in foul trouble in the first half and really didn't impact the game very much in the second half. We saw what he can do. And unfortunately we also saw what Michigan state can do on the defensive end, which is not a whole hell of a lot. Mm. Um, I mean, Nebraska is not a great shooting team <laughs> to say the least. Right. Yeah. They shot. What was it? 49. Yeah. 49% from the floor, a terrible, this is a sub 30% three point shooting team. 47% from three. Now, I will admit, some of those threes that Nebraska hit were shots that you give anybody. If somebody's going to take a 25-footer, you got to give them that. You can't, you can't contest, you know, you can't be glued to somebody and contesting someone 25 feet from the basket. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, 
you got, <laughs> when a guy starts to hit, that equation changes, of course, and they didn't change with it. So, I, you know, I feel I feel like it was a small step forward in maybe a couple of ways, which we'll talk about, which is not nothing. And, of course, when you're 0-3, you've got to get a win, and they got a win. Mm-hmm. But, man, <laughs> people, and including Tom Izzo, the, you know, a lot of his talk this week after the Minnesota loss seemed to be centered around this point guard stuff. And I'm here to tell you, man, it doesn't effing matter. It really doesn't. I, I do think they're better with A.J. Hogart playing more minutes. I liked a lot of what I saw from him yeah. tonight. And I think the offense does the ball moves better. It flows better. He's a guy who's also capable of making things happen dynamically in a way maybe other guys haven't shown. That's all good, but it's not going to be the difference between this team winning and losing a lot of games. That's going to be on the defensive end and on the boards. And in those two areas, this was not a positive at all. So I'm not feeling a lot better about it. I'm feeling, I I shouldn't say that. I feel relieved that they got a win. But, you know, the schedule coming up here, (laughs) you got Rutgers coming up on Tuesday night. That is going to be a bear, an absolute bear. It's at Breslin, so that's good. But, I mean, it it goes up a notch from Mm -hmm. this. And and just yeah, I, I I am still utterly mystified at what is going on. Because especially in the second half, I just saw obvious mistakes and an obvious poor balance, poor closeouts, poor everything. And they got shredded. I mean, I you know, not to take anything away from Nebraska. We talked about them in the preseason and we talked about them in the preview to this game. And, and even though they're off to kind of a rough start, I've maintained all along, this is a much improved team. Their personnel is much better than it was a year ago. Well, I, I think you saw some of that tonight, right? Yeah. McAllen's in the first half and Allen in the second, those guys are legit. They're, they are good offensive players. Absolutely. They are the, the guy who didn't get it done is the guy who is their best player in my mind or at least has been this season, that's Banton. Banton ended up with, well, I guess he ended up with seven points, but a lot of that came late. He was, and he did have seven assists, but he really, you know, that's a guy who's scoring 13 and change a game, and he scored half that. So he really didn't show up, but those other two guys did, and they are they are legit. They're for real. So Nebraska is better, but man alive did Michigan State not guard them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the penetration stuff was just abysmal in the second half. Just terrible. You know, I don't know if you notice it, but it looks like Rocket Watts is, is favoring some sort of groin or something. I didn't. And, and if that's the case, if he's hurt, then it would explain some things from him. But I haven't noticed I, it. I was looking at it for a while because because after the first half, it's like, geez, I looked down and Rocket didn't have hardly any minutes. And so I was paying c- pretty close attention. And it, it just looked like he was constantly grabbing at it. Like it's like a maybe a some sort of groin or a hernia or something. Hmm. Well, but that would explain that. the lateral not getting getting blown by laterally. Yeah, it, it might. It might. And that's a, and that's a you know, I guess we'll keep our eyes peeled on that. 
I'm, you know, they usually don't play games with injuries. Yeah. So I'd be a little surprised if they're covering something up, but maybe, you know, it could be that he's got something that he's not copping to, but by this point, usually, you know, we're whatever we are, you know, five weeks into the season, six weeks Yeah. by now, you know, and this has been a problem for much of the year with him. It didn't just pop up last week. So yeah. that doesn't mean something couldn't have happened more recently, but I, yeah, I, he was not, he was not good. Um, Aaron Henry was pretty good and made a, a big defensive play late, mm. but um, even he was subject to it. There was another one of those plays where I think it was, I think it was McGowan's it was either McGowan's or Allen. I can't remember which now. Um, pump faked him on the three point line and he bit and jumped. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it was like that play. Who was that play against? Is that against North? It was Northwestern. Yeah. Where he did that. And so what is going on against uh, a junior? He's a junior and he's a legitimately good defensive player that there's just no reason for this. And it's, it just keeps going on. So at, at some point they're either going to have to, figure it out or they're not going to be very good and they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. And, and that's a, that's a long way off we got 16 games in the league left. A lot of time for things to change, but you know, I was actually feeling pretty damn good at halftime. I thought, in fact, I typed on the Spartan mag board. Like I thought other than the McGowan stuff in transition, uh, I thought they were pretty good in the half court. And then the second half just destroyed all of that because they just collapsed. Mm Mm-hmm were terrible so really bad stuff there but hey they got to win so <laughs> we we can at least feel marginally better about things mm-hmm. uh hauser did he come back after he got hit in the face i didn't see him a whole lot in the second half oh yeah 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 he played he just wasn't he just wasn't very effective um you know he had five points six boards had three turnovers um you know, played 20 minutes. So that's a little light, but honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think some of that, and maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe they will say, yeah, he wasn't feeling himself after he got his bell run. That could be it. But I think a lot of it was they figured rightly, they had to have Thomas Kithier on the floor mm-hmm. because once again, and, and I'm so glad to have actually a competent color guy calling this game, which they haven't always, they don't always have, but Sean Morris was on it early and stayed on it. That Thomas Kithier's value to this team is so important and it cannot be measured solely by the counting stats. It just can't. Mm. And what do you end up with? Seven points and four boards, one assist, one turnover, one steal. That doesn't knock you out, right? Yeah. But if you watch the game, you know it's – the, one of the biggest things he does is he keeps balls alive and on, on rebounds. And for this team, which, again, tonight, struggles to rebound, that's huge because he's at least providing them with some extra possessions. Hmm. Um, and, and he's the only guy doing it. And then you saw that play where Langford got his transition layup attempt blocked and he was there, Johnny, on the spot to pick up the loose ball and dunk it at a, at a big moment in the game. I think it, I think it took the lead from either six to eight or eight to 10. 
um, big, you know, I've just made big, big plays and, and had a couple of, either got an offensive rebound himself or contributed to one in po- other possessions late where they eventually scored. I think that was it. I think it was that um, Nebraska kind of forces you to play smaller mm. a little bit. Um, and I think they just figured that Kithier and, and or Kithier and Hall was a better combination um, than Hauser in there tonight. And I, and I didn't think when Joey was in there, I didn't think he was very good. I mean, you know, he was so good against Wisconsin in the last two games, he really hasn't imposed himself very much. So he's a guy, the next one, you know, that Rutgers game, Joey Hauser's got to, got to show up. Mm. You know, they need him to be not even the scoring is one thing, but you know, six boards, that's okay, but not on the offensive end. He's got to do more than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Langford with 15 points, a rebound, two assists, five for 12 from the floor. Um, yeah, I think it was Josh's best game of the season. Yeah. I really do. I thought he was aggressive. He looked confident. You know, five for 12 isn't going to knock you out. And he was only one for five from three, but he was active. He had one rebound. It was offensive, but it was a big one. It was it was one where he kind of screamed in from the arc and and got it off. Uh, I think it was an AJ Hogarth miss, and um, or no, it was Rocket Watts. It was Rocket Watts, yeah. and uh, on a short floater, and he he screamed in, collected it, gathered and finished. Um, again, at, at a big point where MSU failing to score might have given Nebraska a little more oxygen. So I, I like the way he played. I mean, you know, defensively, he's like everybody else. He's getting blown up. But um, but overall, I think I think he, he played a good game. Uh, and then Gabe Brown had a, a pretty productive night. Ten points, one rebound, four for six, two for four from the three, uh, two steals, two turnovers. However. Again, big, big, the one rebound he had. Well, this is, yeah, the one rebound he had was big. He went way up to get a defensive board. Um, and then that possession ended up resulting MSU with great ball movement, found Gabe in the corner and hit a three. So it was a great segment for him. And he shot the ball well, four for six, two for four from three, as you said, 10 points. Um, but when I see him go get a rebound like that one he had and Josh Langford go get a rebound like the one he had, what I'm left with is saying to myself, why am I not seeing that four or five times a game <laughs> yeah. rather than once? Seriously. Yeah. Because yeah. this is, look, in this era where there's so many three-point shots um, and, and there's so much penetration, which means that your bigs are out of position maybe more often than they used to be uh, because they got to come over and try to protect the rim. Your wings have to be rebounders. And I've been banging on this drum for, you know, three years now Yeah, with this group. And, and cause I look at it and I say, there is, this is not like MSU's had periods where they were smaller mm-hmm. on the wing. You know, if you think about like, Oh, actually, ironically enough, the final four team from 2009, where you know you had you could have lineups where your perimeter group was Kalen Lucas and Chris Allen and 
and Travis Walton. Mm. Well, that's not a very big group, and there's no real Skywalker in that group, you know, no great athlete, um, you know, in terms of leaping uh, or strength or the combination. I guess Travis was strong, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. There have been years where they've been smaller. Um, this is not one of them. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Henry's been okay as a rebounder. I can't, you know, he only had four tonight, but I, I can't bag on him. He's been one of their better rebounders. But these other guys, man, Josh, Josh is 6'5". Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe's 6'7", 6'8". Come on. And they're athletes, especially Gabe. And then you see moments like the, the one rebound each of those guys got tonight and how high they got up. And you say, this should happen consistently. Mm-hmm. Why is it not happening? That's why Michigan State is struggling. If you, it, do not look at Kithier and Malik Hall and Joey Hauser for the answer to that. Could those guys be better? Yeah, maybe. I don't know about Malik. He's been pretty good. But the other guys, yeah, they could be better than they've been at times. But if you want to know why Michigan State is just not a good rebounding team this year, look at that wing group. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this the last few years where it's managed to be covered up because they had bigs who were really exceptional. Yeah. Kenny. And you know, Xavier Tillman, um, you know, Nick Ward, the, you know, the Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges. I mean, those guys could really, you know, go get it done. And it covered up some of these problems. But those teams should have been more dominant than they were on the glass. And the reason they weren't is because the wing rebounding was poor. So – you know, I'm still uh, – tonight didn't change a lot for me in terms of what ails this team. Defense from those guys and rebounding from those guys is a problem with a capital P. And until it gets fixed, this team isn't going to be very good. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, so we also saw uh, Sissoko out there in sort of some meaningful minutes. Uh, only seven minutes, but two blocks. Is this a trend you think we might see more of? Well – I have to admit, I was surprised to see Markey get the two minutes he got in the second half because I really thought, all right, this is the official beginning of the Maddie Sissoko era and the end of the Marcus Bingham era. Um, there was good and bad with Maddie. You know, the, the, the good is obviously his energy. He just competes, and that you need, you know. This team, especially at times, has not had that. So you like that. Obviously, the shot blocking. He's a, he's a big presence out there. And he rebounds. He at least competes. Um, what did he end up with? Did he grab a rebound tonight? No. No, no rebounds no tonight. But he did have the two blocks. Um, the negative is you saw two possessions. If you remember in the preview, we talked about uh, Uwe Drogo, their, mm-hmm. their big man. And we said, well, you know, this is a game where you don't really have to worry about the post very much. Guys shooting 44% as a post player. They don't go to him very often. Well, he buried Maddie a couple times. And so that's the step that's got to be taken for you to play Maddie Sissoko big minutes, mm-hmm. you know, like double digit minutes. He's got to be able to use his strength, and it's mostly lower body. Uh, and I just don't think he's played enough to have figured that out yet. But he's got to be able to do that in order to deny guys getting so deep on him. Because when guys get him down there, yeah, his wingspan can make it tougher for them, but that's it's really difficult to stop even a rudimentary player when he's got you buried that deeply. And, you know, that happened. A, a less than mediocre 
post player just buried him twice. And that, so it's, it's nice to see the energy and the shot blocking and those things. And I do favor continuing to give him opportunities, but they can't be for extended minutes because if you try to play him extended minutes against Coburn or Garza lights out, I mean, it's, it's going to be over and you can say, well, Kithier is going to get physically overwhelmed. Yeah. Maybe so, or Marble, who didn't play very much tonight because he wasn't very good. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, maybe those guys get overwhelmed too, but I've got more faith in them technically mm. as defenders than I do Matty Sissoko right now. And that's not a knock on Matty. It's just a reflection of reality. He's where he is in terms of development, and it's going to be a process. I mean, I don't think any of us, because he's not from this area, he didn't play a lot last year because he had a hand injury. So I don't think a lot of us really had a good feel for where he was in terms of his development. I mean, everybody knew the story. He hadn't played organized basketball for all that long, but you just didn't know for sure. Well, we've seen enough now. I think I got a pretty good grip on where he's at. And there's a world of potential, but there's a world of development that's got to come. And I do think as opposed to someone like Marcus Bingham, I I feel comfortable that with Maddie, it's an if not it's a when not if question Mm -hmm. i think he's shown enough you can figure at some point he is going to be an impact guy but i don't think it's now yeah this tonight was just fine six seven minutes great so uh, between hogard and um foster lawyer they played 34 minutes um hogard with most of them 24 11 for uh, lawyer um yeah how do you assess how that went down well we'll we'll talk about foster first i thought i thought foster was okay i didn't like that missed free throw late (laughs) um you know uh the one jumper he hit which was early in the game was a very nice aggressive move to get himself into a gap in in the half court inside the arc and he went up confidently and hit it um missed he was 0 for 3 on his threes which is unfortunate because they were all good looks Mm -hmm. um but i thought he was okay you know, it was, and, and this is the role he needs to be in. You remember in the preview to this, you and I were talking about, well, how does Michigan state handle this now? Mm-hmm. You know, we're kind of like three options. Well, I think we got a pretty good idea of what it's going to be. Yeah. And, and I liked what I saw. I mean, if you look at AJ Hogard, four points, five assists, five assists to one turnover, three boards. He was two for three from the floor. Oh, for one at the line, didn't attempt a three. Um, the numbers aren't eye popping, but I think at least I felt this way. I don't know about you watching that game when AJ Hogard was on the floor, I felt good about Michigan state's offense about their flow, because I Mm -hmm. felt like, and you saw some of this tonight from him in late clock situations. He's not, he doesn't get nervous. Yeah. He makes a play. There was that one late where he kind of got out of control, but still managed to get the ball to Kithier for a layup. That was big. And it was not just that he made that, but but how he made that play against the zone, getting himself into the gap off the dribble. They have not done very much of that this year. You know, they've got guys, Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, who are clearly better athletes than A.J. Hogard, but they're not better in that phase of the game. I mean, I see that tonight (laughs) and that's a big deal. I mean, when you've got a guy, 
who can do those things dynamically for your team, that's going to create some opportunities. And I thought, I thought he was, he showed real signs there. I thought the ball just kind of moved a little better when he was in the game in general. And that's a hard thing to quantify, but it's how I felt watching it. Mm. You know, we'll see how that goes going forward. And then man, the two makes he had the first one, which was early in the second half when they kind of started to blow it out a little bit. That was a big time play where he just, he took Banton who's six, nine, took him off the dribble and just muscled him Mm. and, and converted. That was impressive. And then he had to play a little later in the half where he kind of got loose on the baseline and hit like an eight foot, um, an eight foot jumper. Uh, but that first one, that was a big time take. And he's shown that before, right? Yeah. yeah. In limited moments this season where he's gone to the rim and been able to finish. So, and the other thing too, I would say about him, I thought defensively for the most part, he held up, um, wasn't great, but he wasn't the worst guy they had out there. And, um, and I think, you know, that that's a work in progress at that end, but I wasn't, especially in the first half, I wasn't seeing him getting blown up consistently in the second half. He struggled more like everybody did. Mm. Um, but I, I like I like the potential there. I do, I do think, you know, it's, I'm of two minds with this thing, right? On the one hand, I think any obsession about the point guard position is so far beside the point as to what truly matters for this team as to not be a big deal. Uh-huh. On the other hand, I do think they're better with A.J. Hogart playing more minutes from what I've seen. Well, I, we don't talk about plus-minus stats too often, but... It- I guess the one thing that does stick out about Hogart is that he was plus minus 10, which was the highest on the team tonight. Uh, yeah. Okay. That adds up. It adds up it, it, intuitively. That feels right to me mm. um, that he was, you know, they were better when he was on the court and, you know, plus minus is a very limited. It's a very blunt tool when it comes to basketball analysis, yeah. but it's not worthless. It, it gives you, it, it at least tells you that, that for whatever reason, when he was on the court, they were better than when he wasn't. Um, so I, yeah, I, and, and again, that jives with my impression. I liked the way he played. Look, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I will cop to this. I did not like the recruitment of AJ Hogart. And, and the reason I didn't like it was first and foremost, I believe it had a lot, lot, lot to do with costing them Jalen Terry. Now, people could say, well, Jalen Terry's not off to a great start at Oregon. Okay. He wouldn't be the same guy at Michigan State. We'll never know. Mm. Um, I loved Jalen Terry as a basketball player. I still think he's going to be great, you know, however it sorts out. Um, so I was not big on Hogard, and I, and I didn't think they would have to turn to him in this kind of role. I thought he would be more of a he'll play a little bit at the point, play a little bit off the ball. You know, maybe be a 10, 12 minute a night guy. Well, right now, you know, what do he play? 24 minutes tonight? I'm I'm seeing nothing that indicates he should play less than that. Yeah. <laughs> At least not right now. So, you know, um, positive for him. Mm-hmm. Positive for him. And I do think this is this is the best, you know, going back to that question you and I wrestled with in the preview, I do think this is the best possible solution because I would worry about Foster playing more minutes. 
I don't think that's a good solution. I like him where he is. You know, played a lot of what it was 11 a night. That's about normal for him this year. And that's fine. That's where he should be. And I, I have to admit, I would worry about Aaron Henry. Well, he um, came out and, and got 27 yeah. points on the wing. So maybe he's trying to. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so this is the best possible solution that you're going to let AJ Hogard kind of do. And they did play, you know, there were, there were some points in the game where rocket brought the ball up, you know, there was yeah, still a little bit end. of that. It wasn't yeah. like rocket was never on the ball, but I, I think this is great. And you mentioned Aaron, we really didn't talk very much about Aaron yet. And it's crazy. We haven't because this is certainly the best offensive game of his career, you know, 10 for uh, 27 points, 10 for 16 from the floor three for five from three, four for five at the line. I thought he was confident. He was mostly under control. He did have two turnovers, both of which came with him trying to go off the dribble. Um, but, but by and large, I really liked the way he played. Mm. Just seemed comfortable, you know, was using his body to create space more. He went to the mid-range, and that's always been something. You go back to his freshman year, Aaron Henry could hit mid-range jumpers, you yeah. know. So it's important that he do more of that because he's good in that area. He should, you know, this three, three and dunk, three and layup thing. I get it analytically, but there are guys, and I would say Michigan State has two of them for better or for worse, and Aaron Henry and Josh Langford, where. If they are avoiding taking mid-range jumpers, that is to their detriment and to the team's detriment. They need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Well, anybody else stick out? Um, on this one? Well, we talked. Malik Hall had only three points, but he had eight boards, mm-hmm. um, and so he was important as a rebounder. I normally I think Malik is a pretty reliable defender. I did not think he was great tonight, but then again, nobody was. Um, so kind of a negative there, but I don't, I look at that as a blip on the screen for him because I think he's generally been pretty good. Uh, just that they didn't really get anything for him offensively. I mean, he didn't take a shot. Mm. He was three for four at the line, but, um, yeah, they need, they, they need more out of him scoring wise, I think, but otherwise it's an okay game. We mentioned it, you know, Julius Marble and, and Marcus Bingham right now look to me to be guys that are kind of on the outside looking in um julius just you know people are going to go back to that duke game and they're going to continue to make more of it than they should because if he can't defend you can't play him and right now he can't defend all you have to do is watch um so he played one minute in this game i think he picked up what was it two fouls yeah two quick fouls and he was done did come back you know and part of that i think was because trying to close the game out and Kithier was giving them high level play. So mm-hmm. they went with that, um, rightly so. But I think, you know, and Marky, as I said, I was even kind of surprised to see him get the two minutes he got. Yeah. And he didn't do very much with him. You know, all he did was turn the ball over once. So um yeah, I think we've I think we've talked about everybody. Um I mean, other than we talked about, it's probably worth mentioning, you know, with rock, cause there was so much made of the change. Right. Mm-hmm. And he did only play 15 minutes. Maybe you're on to something. We'll find out when we're done with this. If there's anything injury wise going on. I, I didn't feel that way. I just felt that's kind of the way the game was flowing. 
you know, Aaron and Josh were playing very good basketball. Gabe was doing some things at times. And then you had Hogard holding the point down for a lot of it. So where is Rocket fitting in, right? Um, but I, I, whatever his struggles were defensively, even though the numbers aren't great offensively, I thought he played well. You know, he's mm-hmm. three for eight from the floor, one for four from three. But he was under control. I didn't feel he was forcing or searching for anything. Um you know, so I, I was okay with how he looked mm. on offense, at least. Okay. Well, the first key we had was effort. Um, I mean, I thought they started off with with good effort. Um, you know, I don't know. It's almost like the, the effort is the effort and the want to is there, but they're just not quite. I don't know if it's focused, maybe or. Uh, yeah, don't know exactly was, what they're what to do all the time. It was better than the abject disaster El Folo routine in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll give them that. Um, but there there's a lot to it, and there was one example that Sean Morris called out, which was dead on the money in the first half, toward the right at the end of the first half. McGowan's goes one on three in transition. I think it was Nebraska's last or second to last possession. He's in transition going one on three. It was Hogard Watts. And there was a third guy. I can't remember which who all three of the guys from Michigan state don't move their feet. They're just kind of jogging. They reach. That's, that's effort. Mm-hmm. That's effort. And it's, you may be right that it's more, they're just not dialed in and focused enough. It's more that than sheer laziness. I don't think it's, I don't think these guys are lazy. Don't get me wrong, but it's, they, they just have to play with more of a purpose and play harder and sharper. That's a disgrace. I mean, that was just a disgraceful possession to let a guy take you one on draw foul. He ended up drawing a foul is what happened. But either they fouled him or he was going to score because they let him. Yeah. Hit three guys back. How can you not stop him? You know, it's just, it's mind blowing. I look at, you know, to me, defense and rebounding are usually what you look at uh, in Michigan State, at least a Michigan State system, as the effort areas. Well, they didn't, you know, they were essentially even on the boards with a bad rebounding opponent. That's not good. And, um, and they let them shoot 49%. So you can't say, I mean, I know what you mean. It looked like they played harder, but I, I, they played hard enough to win this game. Let's say that Mm -hmm. that's the best thing we can say. Uh, and then the second, I, I do think, well, what, just one quick yeah. sec. I do think offensively the effort was better because the, the effort on offense was totally missing against Minnesota as well. I mean, if you look at it, um, what did Michigan state do? Um, well, now this is, you know, here's one thing I'll give them. They had nine offensive rebounds, but they had 14 second chance points. That's pretty good conversion. Um, they had 13 fast break points, whereas they gave Nebraska five. Boy, that, that let me tell you something. Looking at these stats, I'm looking at the official stats from the game. 
those numbers to me tell you why fast break points is a garbage stat. Because if you think Nebraska only got five points out of their transition game, you're out of your mind. You didn't watch the same game I did. But in any event, Michigan State was really good, I thought, at times pushing the ball. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. the effort was there. I thought they moved with a purpose. They were just better offensively than we've seen lately. So that at that end, the effort was was better. But overall, I, I think it's a marginal plus. Mm. Uh, and then early scoring. They got that, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially Henry got some shots to fall early and, and seemed like it, it kind of catapulted him too. to a good game. Yeah. Yeah, they got those guys. They got those guys rolling early, and I think that was important. You know, uh, as we said, this team seems to have this poor tendency of if they don't see shots go through the rim frequently early on, it can kind of hang over for the whole forty minutes. And conversely, if they get off to a nice start. It kind of stays that way. Well, that that's the case today. I mean, they shot fifty-two percent, and that, and that's despite a pretty not poor. I was going to say poor three-point shooting effort. They were seven for twenty-three for thirty point four percent. So they took a lot of threes, mm. and they didn't shoot very well from there. But um, they still shot great overall, which tells you that they were doing other things. And that, again, those mid-range shots, you know, from Josh and from Aaron especially, that was big. Yeah, those guys yeah. were feeling confident, and when they're confident, dialed in like that. And I think that all kind of stemmed from a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then boards. Yeah. You not, mentioned not. it a little bit. Well, look, I mean – each team had nine offensive boards. Uh, MSU had 29 boards overall. Nebraska had 31 overall. So basically it's even. The one thing you can give Michigan State is they outscored Nebraska 14 to nine on second chance points. So they, they made their opportunities count for a little bit more. But this is a big problem, you know, because the Big Ten – is traditionally a league where you need to be a high-level rebounding team. You know, you just you can't afford to give teams second uh, frequent second chances. You're going to need to scrap out a few of your own, and they are not doing that sufficiently right now. I mean, this was, you know, the 14 second chance points. Okay, Nebraska is a bad rebounding team. So you should do that. That's like a bare minimum to ask for. Mm. Um, they just, right now, I, I, I don't know how it should. One thing I, I feel good about, actually, with Hogard playing more minutes is A.J. Hogard has shown an ability to rebound a little bit from, from that point guard spot. What do you have? He had, he had uh, uh, I've got him with three. I got him with three defensive rebounds tonight, but that's, that's good. You know, that means he's pitching in. Mm. Um, They need a lot more of that from, you know, I, I'll I'll go horse horse saying it, but Josh Langford, Gabe Brown, those guys have got to be better. Gotta be. Yeah. Six. I mean, six from the wings and four from the point guard spot. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aaron Henry's, you know, four. Kind of, oh, you're right. You're counting him. Yeah. yeah four, one and one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> you know, and I'm not, I'm not bad. Aaron's been pretty good as a rebounder this year. That's not a, I don't know. He's averaging between five and six a game, I think. So that's, that's okay from him. But it, man, everybody else has just not done it. But maybe with Maddie playing more minutes, um, that will, uh, that will help turn it around a little bit because it's, it's a problem. And, you know, starting with this next game, you're going to play against Rutgers. <laughs> now they're not quite the same rebounding group that they've been in years past under Peichel as they've gotten better offensively. They're, they're not quite as good a rebounding team. And in part, I think it's because they're not playing quite as big a lineup. They're, they're going a little small ball mm. for the most part. Um, but, Man, they still are good. <laughs> Class, and you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready to compete, and it's just gonna continue. You know, your, your Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, you know, these teams that are gonna work you on the glass, and and Michigan State just right now, this is a, as bad a four game stretch of rebounding as I can ever remember from a Tom Izzo team. There might be one that tops it, but boy, it's not coming to mind. Mm. And rebounding and defense combined. I mean, the the two, which are just staples. So you come into a season just expecting. Well, those are two things you don't have to worry about. You know, you're going to have to worry about turnovers. You're going to have games where you're not going to shoot it well. But those things are just standards, and they are not totally MIA. They're gone. They're off the table right now. Yeah, so then transition play, the fourth point. Yeah, you know, good offensively. I thought Michigan State ran with a purpose, and they did a lot of good things on on offense in transition, but defensive transition was an abortion. It was a nightmare. Mm. You know, the the first half was the most ridiculous stuff I've ever seen because you had one guy almost single-handedly shredding you, often against multiple defenders. How that happens... I have no idea, but it was. And then in the second half, I don't know that Nebraska got as much in transition. They didn't, but um, it, it still just didn't. I, Michigan State's transition defense was not Michigan State standard, not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then dribble containment. <laughs> yeah. First half, not half bad. Um, but again, I, I, I look back at it now and I think, you know, Teddy Allen didn't play a lot. And and then he did in the second half and Michigan State was awful. So maybe that first half performance was just a matter of personnel as opposed to Michigan State being a lot better. But if you remember, there were a few there were at least two or three possessions where Michigan State for shot clock violations. Yeah. In that yeah. first half. So they, they seem to be dialed in pretty well. And then it just collapsed, you know, and, and again, credit to the Nebraska guards. They were ultra aggressive and yet poised enough to finish plays when they, while they were being aggressive, but, um, you know, just, just not nearly good enough for Michigan state. Yeah. I mean, the majority of their scoring all came from the perimeter 20 for McGowan's 23 for Allen 10 for Webster everywhere right. else, seven, six, eight, three. Yeah, and that's you know that's what Nebraska is that their their firepower is in their backcourt, 
and you know that coming in. And as I say, the one break Michigan State got is, for whatever reason, Banton, who's been really good for them, I think their best player, didn't really have a great game tonight. Mm. And, and if he did, if he played his normal game, wow, look out. But it was, it was really kind of a was breakout that- game for McGowan's because he came in only averaging, I think it was 10 and change. Mm-hmm. And so he had, what do you have, 20 or 23? Yeah, 20. 20. Most of that in the first half. But um, they were really, those guys are really good. I don't mean to take that away from them and say it's all Michigan State playing poorly. But look, if you're a really good player, Michigan State, should still, you know, the the idea is, well, you hold those guys below what they normally get, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and those guys easily exceeded their seasonal averages tonight. And I, I, Henry played a lot on Banton, so then the, the other two guys... He did, were... but they also used Hogart on him. Uh, certainly started that way, which I thought was a decent idea because um, even though Banton's got a, a size advantage... Hogarth's strong enough, and he hung in there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the key was later they had Henry guarding Teddy Allen and down the stretch, and that seemed to be just enough uh-huh. to get the win. But, um, yeah, Trump, a lot of troubling stuff still around with this team. But, you know, I, I feel like 90% of this has been negative, and I don't want to be one of those guys. I normally am not. You know, a win matters and a win is a good thing, no matter who it comes against. But, you know, right now, I think what we're looking at is how is Michigan State playing? And Mm. you're trying to use that to project, well, okay, how are they going to do playing against other teams in this league? And this league is so deep that you look at that schedule, you know, they get Nebraska one more time. I think they get Penn State once. Um, you know, so we're talking and Maryland, I'm not sure I'll have to, here we go. So just for the sake of the discussion, so they've got Penn state once they've got Maryland once who is one of the worst teams in the league, but you know, beat Wisconsin. So it's not like they've got, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. they get Nebraska one more time. <clears throat> and other than that, man. You know, you got Iowa twice. You got Michigan twice. Um, Fortunately, you have Illinois once. Uh, You have Ohio State twice. You know, um, you have Purdue twice. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, look, Michigan State should. We we were talking about this team as a title contender Mm. as recently as two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And, And so Michigan State certainly has the potential to rise up and and still forge a pretty decent season here. But what you're doing is, or at least what I'm doing, is I'm looking at this and saying, okay, based on how this is unfolding and how they're playing versus how other teams are playing, how does it shape up? And right now, I, I don't I didn't take a lot from this game to say, hey, they're going to get back on track. Now, we've seen Tom Izzo do this time and time again, but he's dealing with a different circumstance. You know, it's you, you don't have any more opportunity left 
to just kind of work on you and try to grow that way. You're going to have to do it on the fly. Mm. And that's why I think even though we're in game four of Big Ten play, he's still clearly experimenting with rotations and lineups. I think he maybe started that one good thing we could say about this game is maybe he's starting to find something. I think the Hogard thing is big, um, you know, so maybe he start and, and Sissoko kind of supplanting Marble and, um, and Bingham, that might be important, but, uh, you know, it still feels very much a work in progress. Yeah. You hope so. Right. Cause if this is it, then <laughs> real trouble. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I, it, it's, it's yeah. daunting. It's right definitely, now. you know, good to get a win, but I agree. I don't, I don't feel a whole lot better coming out of it. I don't feel like there was like a huge step forward in this game. Uh, right. And they had five days. They had five days. You know, yeah. Minnesota was what? That was on Monday, right? Yeah. 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 So they had five days. Now, you know, they had to acclimate. You know, you got a new starting lineup. And so that some of that obviously happened. And that looked pretty coherent. That looked pretty good. But, as I keep saying, offense, I, in the greater scheme of things, it doesn't worry me that much with this team. You know, they've got, I'm not saying it's because they're the, they're the Showtime Lakers, but they got enough guys. And they're, you know, and they were flashing a stat that in their two losses, they shot, or their three losses to start Big Ten play, they shot 36% from the floor. Yeah, but that was, that was two really, really, uncharacteristically poor games and then a pretty good game against the best defense they faced mm. Wisconsin. So I think that was a little misleading. Um, it, offense is not where the problem is folks. It's these, it's defense and it's rebounding. And that's where I, I don't think you could watch this game for the full 40 minutes and feel like, Hey, they, they're making real progress, which is, isn't it funny to, that, you know, the second or third games of the season, you felt so much better about them defensively than you do now. Uh, yeah. I, it Like night and day. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I remember after Notre Dame thinking, holy crap, this could be the best perimeter defense we've seen in yep. a long time. Yeah, and, and Duke, honestly, other than the first few minutes of that game, was the same thing. And then, uh, now, you know, you can say those teams aren't very good, Okay, they're they're not Duke's not what Duke normally is. Notre Dame is probably not going to be a tournament team, but they're high major opponents. They're they're certainly. Let's put it this way: Do you think Duke's better than Nebraska? Oh, yeah. Do, do you think Do you think Notre Dame would give Nebraska a game? I do. You know, and and yet Michigan State looks far far worse right now and i i can't i i have to assume at the the end i'm grasping but i have to assume that this is right now mostly down to a lack of focus and what the reasons might be for that is an open question but i can't it's not lack of physical tools. We know that. And we've seen this group of players play far, far better defensively than they have this season so far. So what is the reasoning for it? Well, 
that's the best I can come up with, but it's, it's mystifying and it has to change, you know, because as they like to say, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because there's some truth in it. Mm. Um, defense travels. You are going to have games as we've seen already where shots are not falling. Good shots just don't fall. If you can't check anybody, you're not going to be able to hang in those games. If you guard consistently, and that is something that shouldn't be subject to slumps, um, you know, you should be competitive. And we've seen this at Michigan State year after year after year. You know, winning games where you don't shoot well. Mm-hmm. You know, and then easily winning games where you do. I mean, it, it, here here's one for you. We've for as long as I've been doing this, or even in written form, long before we we started the podcast, my mantra has always been: turnovers and rebounding are so critical. Because if Michigan State can be even in scoring opportunities with an opponent, nine point five out of ten times they're going to win. Mm. Because you always knew they're going to outshoot their opponent from the floor consistently. And mostly that was down to how consistent the defense has been. You know, you knew opponents weren't likely to shoot much above 40%. 40% would be a, a, a decent game against Michigan state most of the time. Um, and we're, we're now, I mean, we're at a point where I don't think they've held anybody in the league under 45 no, I mean, even, even yeah. Nebraska scored, what, 49 49%. 49%. Right. And that's, look, Nebraska, they may have had a big game today, possibly. Maybe those guys played. You know, I think they did play very well. But that shouldn't happen. <laughs> it shouldn't happen. And if it continues to happen, losses are going to continue to pile up. This team will know that something's changed when we can look at a game that is a real rock fight, just an ugly aesthetic atrocity and Michigan state wins. That's when you'll know that some, some switch has flipped Mm -hmm. because right now they're not playing that way. I mean, I think about probably the least talented team, in my opinion, that Tom Izzo has ever had, at Michigan State, certainly since the NCAA tournament streak started, was that 06-07 team, Drew Neitzel's junior year, where it was Drew yeah. Neitzel and then a bunch of you know young guys, freshmen like Raymar Morgan, um, Isaiah Dahlman playing a lot, uh, and then you had some veterans who had not really played a ton of basketball in their careers at that point, like Drew Namick, um, you know, Travis Walton was a big part of that team. That team was really, really limited in terms of its skill. You know, mm. they, could, they could not, they were not a great shooting team. They didn't have guys who could really get much time. I mean, it was night soul and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, you know, Raymar was pretty good, but again, he was a freshman. He was learning. Um, and, and yet that team got to the NCAA tournament, beat the number one team in the country at Breslin, Wisconsin that year. Um, beat Kevin Durant when he was at Texas. How did they do that? Because they defended and they rebounded and they could get teams in rock fights and find a way to win. It was far from a great team. And then they won a tournament game. 
<laughs> they beat Marquette. So, you know, the, the tools don't, you don't have to be a tremendously skilled team to be competitive. But right now, Michigan State is playing like, um, you know, a, 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 a mid, early to mid era John Beeline team without the great offense, mm-hmm. you know? Because if you're going to be that kind of team, if you're going to play this way, or an or an Iowa, if you're going to play this way, okay. But then you better be elite offensively. I mean, you had better be unreal. And while I think this team is pretty good offensively, they're a long way from unreal. So, I don't know. That's where I'm at. But what do you think? I mean, we're four games in, 16 to go. You got Rutgers up. Do you see a turnaround coming? <clears throat> it's it's hard to imagine them turning around the defense because even after looks like they've even loaded up, they're still second to last in defense in the conference. Thirteenth. Uh, Is that in league games only? Yeah, conference only defense. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah, who's behind them? Penn State. Huh. Okay. So they've been worse than Iowa. Yeah, that's that is just. Wow. Is yeah, it, it has to improve. I mean, the only thing you can hang your hat on, the only thing, is that we know they have guys that are capable of doing it and that have done it, have played winning defense. That's the only thing right now mm-hmm. that you can that you can hope for that should give you any sense of optimism. Yeah. Um, overall they're down to eightieth in defense. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that says it all. You are you are getting in you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're getting into a range where, you know, those beeline teams were before he finally got religion or or where Fran McCaffrey's teams are. The difference is, you know, those teams are competitive when they've got elite offenses. And this is not an elite offensive team. It's a I think it's a good one. It's not elite. Yeah, twenty and and this is an interesting stat. So I was number one in offense, ninety two in defense. Right, <laughs> and that's what I expect. Mm. Right, and that's why I was not going to win the league. I, you know, I've, I've seen nothing to change my mind. They somehow got it done against Rutgers today, which surprised me. But um, you know, I, I still maintain they're not going to win the league. But. You know, at least they got a number one offense there. <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> yeah. Michigan State is what, in the twenties, right? Twenty-three. Yeah. That's good. It's it's not very good by Michigan State standards. We're used to Michigan State offenses being better than that, but it's not an abject disaster. That's why I say all, all this point guard talk is just so far beside the point. Now, if you tell me, and I saw some signs that it might be the case, maybe. If AJ Hogard playing more minutes is going to make them better at the defensive end and is going to help them be a better rebounding team, if that's how it all plays out, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But if the idea is, well, we're playing AJ Hogard because we're going to get better offensively, yeah, you you probably will get better from what I've seen. A little bit I've seen of him, I think you will get better offensively, but it's going to be marginal versus where you really need to improve. It's not going to make a lot of difference in winning and losing, not this year. 
So yeah, I mean, especially anyway. when you think about facilitating the offense and all that. I mean, they're number two in the country in assists per field goal made. But what Although does that tonight matter? wasn't very. Yeah, yeah, what does it mean? What does it mean? I mean, they're look. I think that people who get hung up on their shooting uh, mostly do so because. That's what people who don't understand the game very well get hung up on because it's the one thing that anybody can understand, that shots go in or not. Uh, Michigan State's a, a decent shooting team, but they're not Iowa. They're not, you know, they're not one of those teams as a shooting group. They're okay. They're good. Um, I think they have the potential to get better offensively because I still think there's a whole other gear to go in terms of getting play at the rim post-ups, penetration, et cetera. And Hogarth may help them improve in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a more consistent Joey Hauser can help them be better there. So there, there's, there is room for improvement offensively, but it's just so far. It's 80th in defense. My God. I mean, I can't, <laughs> that, that number is just so atrocious that it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, this is a Michigan State basketball team. Yeah, they've uh, yeah. never they've never finished anywhere close to that. Well, uh, you know, I was looking at that, and let me see. And the, real quick, since we're discussing it, and the Ken Two, Palmer, oh, that's two thousand six team one nineteen, and then the two thousand okay, there you go team one twenty nine. You mean 2016, 2006. Yeah. 2006. Oh, two thousand six. Yes. Okay. So that was. Oh five, oh six, yeah, and and if you remember, that was the year coming off a of Final Four, where they had a lot of guys back. You had Mo Ager back, you had Shannon Brown back, you had Paul Davis back, but the guys they lost, Alan Anderson, Kelvin Torbert, um, Trannon, Matt Trannon, yeah. you know, they had these guys that were a big part. And that, and that team the year prior, I don't think, was a, a defensive juggernaut. I mean, let's see. They were 28. So by Michigan State standards, that wasn't an elite defensive team either. But it was much, much better than the one that followed. But, you know, the funny thing is, that 06, that 05 06 team, the offense was 10th. So the offense was pretty damn good. Mm. Better than this, and, and certainly a better offensive team, I think, than this group, you know, I, I, I don't have any <laughs> hesitation in saying that, you know, I mean, Joey Hauser is a, is a pretty good player who I think can be really good. He's not as good a player as senior year. Paul Davis was, mm. um, their wings. They don't have anyone at the Ager Brown level, you know? So this team is not going to be as good as that one was offensively, but man, yeah, we're, we're getting into rare, rare, rare territory with this group. And, and the scary thing is you just, at least for me, I look at the schedule and I think, okay, you did play one game against Wisconsin, but for the most part, and we don't know how it's going to turn out, you know, Northwestern and Minnesota are off to good starts, but I I don't expect that they're going to remain as upper tier teams. Once all said and done, Michigan state has not played a murderer's row schedule yet either. There are better opponents to come. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and this is hap- and this is happening. That's what scares me. So I look at that remaining schedule and I think, my God, what is going to happen? 
you know, but we'll see is the, the, the other thing I, I should say, and it, it should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, besides the fact that, you know, this team has guys who have played competent defense before the other thing, of course, to give you a sense of optimism is the guy in charge has a pretty good track record at figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would hope that he's going to find a way, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Okay, well, next up is uh, Rutgers on Tuesday. Uh, we'll yep. get the preview up for that in the next few days. Until then, the Final Four is not on the Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.